Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we think about Easter, think about our lives, think about the future you've given us, we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, our minds, our whole body. And Lord, open up who you are again to us afresh. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful message that we hear today in both Acts and in John of you transforming people's lives. And remind us again that you are transforming our lives with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, give us a sense of your love and your grace as we live in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stories of transformation. Transformation is happening regularly. And sometimes it happens in very dramatic ways, in obvious ways, and sometimes it happens over time. Sometimes we don't actually see it happening amongst ourselves. Sometimes we see transformation, though, very dramatically. And if you follow sport, sometimes you see clubs transform dramatically. Um, some of you will know Renee Vandertoll. Renee Vandertoll is our, um, our Redeemer congregation. I'm a pastoral assistant here for a number of years. He assisted um, here as well. And he's a follower of Melbourne Football Club. And he will say they have transformed dramatically in the last few years. They went from a club that you didn't want to even hear the score about because you know they would have lost to a club that you look forward and celebrate it. And last year they won the grand final. And this year they look like they're going to do it again. They're a club where because they're transformed what they're doing on the field, it's also transformed the whole atmosphere around the club. You know, instead of people not going to watch them live, they're now packing out their stadium. And so one of the things that happens with transformation is it changes not just one person, but changes around us. And again, as I was driving out to Redeemer this morning, I heard on Hope FM a story of a boy who, this is how the story went, um, the mother wrote a letter to the pastor and said, look, I want to thank you. I want to thank you how you have impacted my son with the gospel. He was the worst of all my sons. And for some reason, he started going to your church. Some reason, he not only went to your church, but you went and had a coffee with him and gave him a book. And he read it and took notice of it. And that book sounds like it was the Bible. Um, And in some reason, God has changed him. And now he's going to church regularly. He's married. He's got a godly focus and this life of love. And it's the message of God that you gave him that transformed him. Well, it not only transformed him, but it also transformed him's mum in the way way she saw her son. And so today we're looking at the Easter living is transforming. This Easter message is transforming. And one of the challenges for some Christians, particularly Christians like myself, who have been in the church since birth, is sometimes we forget that this message that God has given us is a transformational message, a message to give us life, a message that changes us and changes our outlook on life. And in today's story from Acts, we heard of one of those transformational actions of God, that Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got up and was baptised. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach to the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. This is an amazing transformational story because remember, Saul is the person we now know as Paul. But Saul's focus in life up until this point was about killing and destroying Christianity. It was, in fact, he oversaw the death, the stoning of Stephen. He was out to go and find people who are Christians and to punish them. He was a persecutor of the faith. The law ruled his heart until Jesus appears to him. Until Jesus appears to him. And then he becomes one of the best known lovers of God. We know of him because of he wrote quite a number of the epistles that we have in the New Testament, the letters, the letters to churches. We know of his love that he has. The Protestant Reformation occurred because of a number of those verses were very key to people like Luther and others. And he's become a very strong influencer of Jesus because he has phrases like, we're saved by grace and not by works. And so this idea of Jesus was the one that transformed him and transformed him overnight. It was, a, it was an amazing, miraculous event that happened on the road to Damascus. Jesus appeared to him in a miraculous way and he took notice of what was going on. And what the good news is, is that when Jesus appeared to him, he didn't say, oh, you're a persecutor of me. I'm going to destroy you or go away or stop what you're doing and do nothing. He actually gave him a new life. And then we heard of Peter today. Peter in, our, in the Gospel of John. And if you remember Peter, Peter is that character that um, has this relationship with Jesus ongoing as one of his disciples. But he also, remember at Easter time, we hear that he denies Jesus three times. And many people say today's reading is about Jesus reinstating Peter by asking him three times, do you love me? Now, Peter's in our story today had an unsuccessful night fishing. Right? He'd been out fishing all night. Imagine, Jimmy, you've been out fishing all night and you see this character and it says, go back out and chuck your net in the other side. What are you tempted to do? I reckon your reaction would be, oh, you've got to be joking. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm tired. Right? But he doesn't do that. He listens, throws his net, in on the other side and catches 153 large fish. Jesus appeared to him. He did what Jesus said, even though he probably thought, that, even though he questioned it, even though he, he, and then his boat was full. Now, the important message of this is that it's Jesus' interaction, through Jesus' interaction, people are transformed. And this story continues, has continued throughout history. People will tell you time and time again, particularly new Christians, adult Christians. I love hearing the story. They've met Jesus somewhere. You know, one of the stories I've told you previously is about some Muslims who met Jesus, met Jesus in a refugee camp, 
And they only went to the church because they wanted food in the refugee camp because there wasn't enough food to go around. And so they'd go every Sunday, this is their habit, every Friday to the mosque that was in the refugee camp and every Sunday to the church so they could get some food because they were single males and single males are at the lowest rung when it comes to free food. And what happened was they got to meet Jesus and they got to interact with Jesus. And then they started having dreams about Jesus. Um, And over 12 years, it wasn't instantly, but over 12 years, they changed. And one of the questions I've always asked them, I asked them when when I was talking about being baptised, I said, what's different for Islam to Christianity? What makes a difference? Christianity makes a difference. And their comment has always stuck with me. Both of them have said this. Islam talks about love, but it's a hard-hearted love. Christianity is about love, but it's a soft-hearted love. And so these stories of transformation because people have interacted with Jesus are true and important for us to remember. Another story is that of Anthony Hopkins. Many of you know of Anthony Hopkins because he's appeared in over 50 films. Probably the most memorable is The Silence of the Lambs. The irony of Anthony Hopkins, he often plays quite evil characters. But Anthony Hopkins, about 45 years ago, was at a lowest point of his life. He was an atheist and he was an alcoholic. And he struggled. Struggled. And he happened to go to an AA meeting out of desperation. And at that AA meeting, one person had the guts to ask him this question. Why don't you trust God? And he thought, well, what's there to lose? It's worth a shot. And he got home and he tells in another interview at one stage, he had a voice coming to his head and he believes it was God speaking to him that said, do you want life or do you want death? And he's been sober since. But more importantly, he's had this trust in God, trust in growing in a relationship with God, trust in trusting in God's miracles and seeing, he he makes this comment, he said, if you don't believe in miracles, why is your heart pumping? He has this faith that's growing in Jesus. And so there's this constant transformation of people. And he said, now, instead of, living for it just to have a drink. He lives for every day to see the life that, w- that he can live. But the story doesn't stop there. These transformation stories don't stop there because Jesus is transforming each of our lives. He's transforming your life. He looks at you as a loved child of God. He looks at you as somebody who is worth dying for. And of course, rising for. He looks at you as someone he wants to give heaven to, to allow you to have that inheritance of heaven. And so, because of Jesus, your life is transformed. Because of Jesus, you have a different outlook on life, or you have been offered a different outlook on life. You have a life to, to, that goes beyond this earth. You're transformed from focus, being focused on your destination is death, no longer death, but life. And that leads, that leads to a different approach to life, as we talked about. 
in the confession, as that Bible reading from Romans talked about, to have our minds transformed, not from this earthly way of living, but from one that's influenced and changed by Jesus, which is often put this way. We're transformed from living from self alone to living for God, living for others and living for self. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love others as much as yourself. Those three loves are part of our life. And that transformation is a gift. It's not something that we have to earn, but it's also a gift that changes life. Like that story of the mother being affected because her son was transformed by Jesus. But also this story can continue through us. This story of transformation can continue through us. What I'd like you to think about the people you bump into, the people you're going to bump into during the next week. Do you see them as inconveniences or nuisances or just part of life? Or do you see them as people... God has placed in your life that he wants to affect and transform. Because remember, Jesus can transform their lives too. The reality is that God is at work transforming our lives. And you may know just some difference in your life because of Jesus. But you may not. But remember, God sees you as a child of God. He sees you as someone worthwhile. He sees you as somebody that's going to join him in heaven. But at the same time, he also sees you like he sees Peter as somebody that he wants to share the grace, his grace and love with, to give that to other people, to help others to know that. And so at the end of the service, um, because Richard's not back here yet, Rich is going to share how Lutheran media play a role in transforming people's lives. But this week, as you live, I want you to think about these two questions. How is Jesus transforming your life? Think about the stories. Think about your baptism. Think about your worship time. Every time you read the scriptures, open up the scriptures, are you listening to Jesus and allowing him to transform you? Because he will. When I was, one of the things that have affected me in faith, I was involved in a football club, which I love being part of. I was only about 20, 21 involved in this football club. Um, and unfortunately, we had a, one of our younger players got killed in a motorcycle accident. Quite a tragic situation. He, his motorcycle drove into a train and it was a It was an accident because his father was behind him and saw it. But one of the things that changed my attitude to church was he also happened to be part of the Lutheran church, this football player. And so we had the funeral at the service and what had happened was the message that was given, a number of players said, if that's what Jesus and Christianity is about, oh, I reckon I might come to this church. Do you think I was proud to be part of the church then? Because there was a message of hope and life, not a message of death. And so I'd encourage you to think about this, is how is Jesus transforming your life from death to life? But also think about this other question. Who has God placed in your life so they can meet Jesus through you? Some people will say the people in our lives are not there by accident. They're there 
so God can meet Jesus through you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of life, for the life you give us now, but more importantly, the life you've given us in the future. Lord, help us to be part of your transformational message, a message where we receive this love, grace and mercy from you and allow that to change our outlook on life and our outlook on ourselves and we share that generously to whoever we meet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.